Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of genitourinary trauma found under the gynecology section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 28-year-old male was hit by a car while crossing the road. He sustained abrasions to the face, hands, and bruising over both iliac crests. Blood pressure is 90 over 55 and pulse is 110 beats per minute. Two large bore IVs are inserted and he was given one liter of lactated ringers and two liters of cross-matched packed red blood cells. Scrotal and perineal ecchymosis and swelling, blood at the urethral meatus, and bladder distension up to the umbilicus are present. AP radiographs of the pelvis reveal bilateral pubic rami fractures. Retrograde cystourethrogram shows a torn posterior urethra. A suprapubic catheter and a pelvic binder are applied. Let's continue with an introduction to genitourinary trauma. Remember that genitourinary trauma involves kidneys, bladder, and or the urethra. 80% is caused by blunt trauma, such as from MVCs, assaults, falls, or crushes, whereas 20% are due to penetrating trauma, such as gunshot wounds and stab wounds. Remember that blunt trauma to the genitourinary organs is associated with pelvic fracture in 97% of cases. The etiology of urethral injury can be divided by posterior and anterior urethra. The posterior urethra is at the junction of the membranous and prostatic urethra, which is a common site of injury. This is due to shearing forces on the fixed membranous and mobile prostatic urethra. Injuries to the anterior urethra are typically due to straddle injuries, causing a crush injury to the bulbar urethra against the pubic rami. And iatrogenic injuries may be due to instrumentation or a penile fracture. Moving on to the presentation, the history will typically include a mechanism of injury, hematuria or blood on underwear, dysuria, urinary retention, or prolonged labor and delivery, which may be due to pubic symphysis diastasis. On exam, one may know abdominal or flank pain, CVA tenderness, upper quadrant masses, and perineal lacerations. On digital rectal exam, one should note the sphincter tone, position of the prostate, and presence of blood. The scrotum may demonstrate ecchymoses, lacerations, testicular disruption, and hematomas. Female patients should also undergo bimanual or speculum exam. Bladder injuries can also be suggested by exam findings. If there is extraperitoneal rupture, then the patient may present with pelvic instability or suprapubic tenderness from the massive urine or extravasated blood. If there is an intraperitoneal rupture, then the patient may present with an acute abdomen. One should also evaluate the urethra. There may be flank, scrotal, or perianal swelling and bruising, gross hematuria, a high riding or non-palpable prostate, penile or scrotal swelling or ecchymosis, and blood at the urethromeatus. In terms of the evaluation, one should evaluate the pelvis with radiographs that are AP, inlet, and outlet views. The urethra should be evaluated with a retrograde urethrogram. Remember that if there is blood at the meatus, one should not insert a Foley catheter and should perform an RUG first. One can evaluate the bladder with the urinalysis, urethrogram, retrograde cystoscopy, and plus-minus a cystogram. One can evaluate the ureters with a retrograde ureterogram, and one can evaluate the kidneys with an intravenous pilogram or a CT scan if the patient is hemodynamically stable. In terms of treatment, patients should undergo a primary and secondary survey with resuscitation with the possible need for massive transfusion protocol if the patient is hemodynamically unstable. Treatment for the pelvis should include mechanical stabilization. 
This can be accomplished with a pelvic binder at the level of the greater trochanters, with an external fixator to reduce pelvic volume, with the FAST, which is a focused assessment with sonography for trauma patient exam to assess for intra-abdominal fluid. Remember that if it is positive, then an emergent trip to the OR to stop bleeding should be performed. If it is negative, then one can perform diagnostic peritoneal aspirate to look for blood. If the DPA is positive, then the patient should go to the OR to stop the bleeding. If the DPA is negative or not performed, since some hospitals do not have this available, one can defer the OR and continue pelvic stabilization, external fixation, angiography embolization, or resuscitative endovascular balloon occlusion of the aorta. Pelvic angiography and embolization of bleeding vessels may also be performed in hemodynamically stable patients who have evidence of active bleeding on a CT scan of the abdomen or pelvis. Remember that this only stops arterial bleeding and does not address venous bleeding or bony hemorrhage. In terms of treatment for the urethra, this should be based on the location of tear seen on retrograde urethrogram. If the injury is anterior, then one can perform conservative management. Remember that if voiding is limited, then one should place a suprapubic cystostomy and provide antibiotics. If the injury is posterior, then one should provide a suprapubic cystostomy while avoiding catheterization and should consider surgical repair. Treatment for bladder injuries is based on whether they are extra or intraperitoneal ruptures. If extraperitoneal and minor, then one can place a Foley catheter to drain. If major, then one should consider surgical repair. If it is an intraperitoneal rupture, then one should drain the abdomen and perform a surgical repair. The ureter can be treated with a ureterourotostomy. Finally, kidney injuries should be treated dependent on the grade of a hematoma or laceration and the hemodynamic stability of the patient. If they are minor injuries, then conservative management can be performed. If it is a major injury, then one should consider surgical repair. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to genitourinary trauma, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 40-year-old woman was admitted to the surgical service after an uncomplicated appendectomy. She underwent surgery yesterday and had an uneventful postoperative course. However, she now complains that she is unable to completely void. She also complains of pain in the suprapubic area. You examine her and confirm the tenderness and fullness in the suprapubic region. You ask the nurse to perform a bladder scan, which reveals 450 milliliters. What is the next appropriate step in management? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Oral bethanechal chloride. Choice 2. Neostigmine methyl sulfate injection. Choice 3. Intravenous neostigmine methyl sulfate. Choice 4. Intravenous furosemide. Or choice 5. Catheterization. The best answer to this question is choice 5. Catheterization. Urinary retention is very common postoperatively. It should be treated with catheterization, not pharmacologically. Most common postoperative complications occur between one to three days after an operation. Grossly, complications are divided into those that appear in the immediate, early, and late postoperative period. Immediate complications include hemorrhage, atelectasis, shock secondary to blood loss, myocardial infarction, pulmonary embolism, or sepsis. Early complications include ileus, pneumonia, wound dehiscence, deep vein thrombosis, urinary retention or urinary tract infection, and bowel obstruction. Finally, late complications include bowel obstruction, hernias, and keloid formation. 
The most common urinary problems in the postoperative setting include urinary retention, urinary tract infection, and acute kidney injury, which may be caused by antibiotics, obstruction, prolonged hypotension, or a number of other reasons. Urinary retention should be treated promptly with catheterization to reduce the risk of bladder injury. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices 1 through 3. These drugs may be used for chronic urinary retention, but are not first line in postoperative retention. Choice 4. Furosemide, a diuretic, would increase urine output and make urinary retention worse. That's all for this review about genitourinary trauma. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.